Okay, Ice Cream Man Podcast. Let's get into it. My name's Kevin. All right, we're going to talk about uh, a book series called Dragonlands. So if you if you ever heard, like, if you know Lord of the Rings, if you know any kind of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, any kind of that stuff, you're going to love this podcast or this book series. Okay, this is, uh, there's many books. Um... The first couple books I'm going to talk about is called The Chronicles, and then there's a, I think there's a brother set afterwards. There's three, three books after that, but this is by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. I think. Okay, so um, it's amazing series. The, the writing is phenomenal. Okay, I'll just get into the Chronicles. There's actually a cartoon about the Chronicles and, uh, you know, whatever. A cartoon's a cartoon, but a book is a... The book is magic, honestly. So, I definitely recommend reading the first uh, of the Chronicles series. Dragons of Autumn Twilight or something. It's about dragons. It's about elves and dwarves and stuff. So, the book starts off with Flint... Uh, Flint Firestone or Flint who is a dwarf right and he's walking along uh, the road to a, a place a little small town and this and they're they're gonna meet up with their friends so Flint who is a dwarf and then there's uh, Tasselhoff who is uh, a kind a kinder and a kinder is like a taller than a dwarf but the kenders have long ponytails right and they're impish they're elfish they have uh, pointed ears and they're always into having fun and they have this habit of uh taking your objects they they have this habit of thievery they're they're always but but they always dismiss it as we're just curious we just want to see this stuff and they always think in their mind that they're doing a good thing, like, oh, this guy, he might lose this gold, so I should hold it for him, right? Or he he has uh, this thing in his pocket, it'd be safer with me, right? So they're very playful, impish characters, and Tasselhoff is hilarious, and he has what's called a hoopak, and a hoopak is a, is a staff, a stick, and then it has a, a slingshot at the top of the hoopak, right? And so he can uh, put rocks in his hoopak and he's swinging around and he can uh, launch stones at enemies and stuff like that, right? A hoopak is a very, a kinder is a very funny, a kinder, kinder is a very funny uh, creature. And he's very playful and uh, boyish and impish and uh, he's hilarious. So he's walking along and Flint is a grumpy a grumpy dwarf, right? He's a grumpy, miserable dwarf, beard, and he has a battle axe and some armor and stuff like that, right? They're walking along this trail, and then they meet up with this guy whose name is Tannis. And Tannis is a half-elf. Um, so he looks like a human, but he has pointed ears and he has a beard. And... Uh, full elves, they can't grow beards, but Tannis, because he's half-elf, he's, he has a beard. But he's kind of outcast by his uh, elven society because you only respect like pure-blood elves. And it's very important where you come from. If you're a 
an elf with the dark hair or um, they're from a certain part of the... Okay, the world is called Corinne, right? Corinne, K-R-Y-N-N. And so they have continents and it's basically a world landscape, you know, like we have here with mountains and deserts and all this type of shit, right? Oceans and islands and everything. But um, there's two big tribes, powerful tribes of elves. And there's one, they're, one's like a blondish elves and then the others are like a dark haired elves. And so he kind of left his, uh, growing up Tannis, he left his, uh, his uh, home, like the elves living in tall trees and have beautiful houses and all their culture and technology and everything is all interwoven into nature. So it, though it molds into nature, right? Uh, <clears throat> and, uh, they're excellent archers and fighters and they have a great stealth. If you know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, they're very good. And they do magic, like elves can do magic. So in uh, a lot of the Dungeons and Dragons, like, uh, warriors can't really do magic. You know, like, if you pick your character, you either pick a magician or you pick a warrior. But but the elves, like, there's certain rules in the, in the in, um, Dungeons and Dragons world, right? like you it's hard to have like a great fighter and a great mage together it's almost impossible right so but elf is one of these people these characters that you're allowed to have magic and fighting abilities right so the world is corinne and then there's tannis so going back they're walking to um this town small town but the town is up in the trees. They have giant trees, like huge, massive trees. And the whole town is up in the trees. So you go there and your house is up in the tree. And it's inside the tree because this tree is so big, right? But they haven't arrived at the town yet. They're walking. It's uh, Flint, uh, the, the Kender, Tasselhoff. Tasselhoff is the Kender. And then there's uh, Tannis, the half-elf, uh, blondish-type hair with a beard. And they're walking along the road, and they get jumped by these three hobgoblins. And so there's a little small fight that ensues, and um, they're taken out, right? And then eventually they meet it. It's not a big battle, because usually, if you know about Dungeons & Dragons... A lot of these characters are very low-level characters, right? So the hobgoblins, you know, it could be like a eight-hit-point character, or whatever, right? And uh, if you have, if you build up your character, like uh, like a Tannis could be a high high-level elf, you know, if he's been built up over years and years and years, uh, get becoming a better archer and better fighter. And Flint, he could be an old dwarf, and he could be very skilled in fighting. And the same with Tasselhoff. So we're kind of assuming that these characters are high level and these hobgoblins are low level. So the fight just goes down like no big deal. But it introduces the characters and a little bit of danger into the scene, right? Then they reach this town and I'm trying to remember the name of the town. Um, but it's very poignant and important to the story. It's up in the trees. 
and they meet in this tavern, right? And um, is it Solestern or Solus? I think the town is called Solus, right? They meet in this tavern, and the tavern is inside a tree, so you have to walk up these spiral staircase, and then the tree is so giant, it has enough room to have a tavern inside, right? They have a fireplace and tables and all that stuff. And in the in the corner, they have um, they're they're meeting their friends there in the corner, and they look over and there's a a red-robed mage, which is Raslin or Raslin. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but I just call him Raslin or Raslin. Doesn't matter. The red-robed mage, and a red robe means uh, he's a neutral mage, so he doesn't do black magic. He's uh, he's not he's not into black magic. He uh, or he's not into he's not into evil. He's not into so much into good. He's kind of being a, just a neutral, have a neutral opinion about life and about magic and about his reality. He hasn't shown a, chosen a path of evil or good, right at this point. So at this point, they meet him, and he's sitting down. He has a twin brother, and his brother is named Caraman or Carmen. You know, I don't. I just kind of kind of call him Carman, but Carmen. But I think it's pronounced Caraman. But um, and his brother is a twin brother, but he's gigantic soldier guy with huge muscles, and he's kind of like a ditzy, you know, kind of a low intelligence, right? But he's a giant character, and Huge muscles, big sword, everything, right? And his brother, the magician, uh, Raceland, is a red-robed mage, and he has runes around his robes, right? So magical runes will be around his robes to pr help protect him from certain spells and stuff like that. And um, he has a blue trim. There's a blue and gold trim on his robes. And he has a staff, and he has a little ball on top of the staff, a crystal ball or whatever. And uh, Raceland is actually very weak, right? He was, I think he's always been weak. And his his brother is way bigger, stronger than him, and always looking after him, right? Raceland has always been powerful in, uh, in magic. And what happened was, when you become a certain level magician, you... Uh, you have to get tested, right? And you get tested, you go to the school of magic or whatever, and there's these big towers. And then uh, you have to go through a trial. And there's all the magicians are there in this castle or whatever. And there's a test, you know, because you have to prove that you know magic and can take care of yourself. And it's a, it's a, what is it? It's a craft you know, that you have to learn, you have to commit to, be devoted to, right? Because only if you're committed and devoted to magic can you, um, well, harness its power, because it's very important, you know? Because magic is not easy to do, because the magicians, and in the games, Dungeons and Dragons, you have to, a magician will have to study spells, right? They'll have to take time out of the game while everybody else is walking around looking for gold and money and adventure. If you're a magician, you have to spend time memorizing spells, right? 
You know, it takes time to memorize spells, hours and hours. And it takes rest, and you gotta have food. And then as soon as if you have to use that spell, and you can only memorize, like, depending on what level mage you are, you can only memorize certain, uh, like, one or two spells of a certain level, right? So if you're a brand new mage, you can only memorize a couple spells. So when you're if you're going into battle or dungeon, you have to prepare and have your spells in your memory because once you use it up, the spell kind of disappears from your mind and um, it sucks energy from your body. So you lose, you have a limited um, magical uh, uh, source of energy, like a, a magical battery. You have a limited magical battery, right? So, Raceland in the whole book series, he's always resting and practicing spells and kind of keeping to himself, right? And his, and if you play a mage in a game in Dungeons and Dragons, you have to, uh, you have to be, a, you should be around other people that are very strong, good fighters, right? That's the only way to kind of get through the game. Because if you have a bunch of mages, and you're all hanging out together, you're gonna get destroyed, right? When it comes to Dungeons and Dragons, because you got four mages and they each got one or two spells each, and those spells aren't even powerful, right? Like a little flame ball, um, or a light spell. If you got a light spell and a sleep spell, that doesn't do much, right? Like, uh, if there's a higher level creatures they don't even get affected by those simple low level spells you got to remember that i think when you have uh elves and stuff and other uh some uh, species can be immune to magic right immune to certain level spells so you have to keep that in mind too right especially dragons and stuff like that they could be immune to spells or they could have magical uh amulets and stuff to protect them from spells or if you cast a spell you still have to roll a die and see uh, a dice you still have to roll a dice and see if you can even uh if that spell works right so you're not when you're casting spells you don't even know if it's gonna work half the time but uh okay back to the tavern we're in solas in the tavern up in the tree right and um they meet Flint, Tasselhoff, and Tannis, they meet Raslin and his uh, brother, Kerman. And he's talking about the trail, his trial. He just finished his trial in the Magician's Temple, or where they do their schooling, their academy, magicians training. And he survived the trial, right? But what happens what happened was um he survived at a very young age which almost nobody had done he was one of the youngest magicians to rise to a certain level and it was a very difficult task to pass that for him he was a younger excuse me and what was happened is he survived but it changes his skin color and now he had hourglass eyes and this is kind of where it gets weird. Like his skin was like kind of goldish color, and he was red robed and all that stuff like that. But then he had hourglass eyes, and apparently he like saw time. He could see through time and stuff like that, see through the future and the past and all this. So he was kind of he was very cynical and kind of 
snarky and he thought he was better than everybody just because he had a good intellect, right? But he was sickly and he he was always coughing because he got damaged by the trial and stuff. So he was kind of turning down an evil path, but um, he was neutral at the time, but he was snarky and he was becoming cynical, kind of like Anakin Skywalker. He's kind of becoming cynical and uh and negative you know he's kind of feeding the negative energy right going in that direction um but they they met another there was a, a bar a bar uh bar waitress named tika and she was the daughter of the owner and she was just a beautiful uh, girl and she liked Caraman, and Caraman, they kind of had a romantic thing that started. You can, you can kind of feel the attraction for one another. And she was just simple, just a regular character, human. Um, and then there was something happened in the, in the tavern at the time, and there was a, a lady, uh, Gold Moon or Blue Moon, Gold, Gold Moon, yeah, Gold Moon and her husband and they were like kind of uh like a native indian type thing like and that's how they dressed and uh they had the kind of native indian type culture um but they were kind of tanned tanned whitish but they're a little bit uh, native and um they came from the plains and what happened was she healed somebody accidentally with her staff, right, in this tavern, and a light went off, a blue light. She had this staff, and a blue light went off, and this man was healed, and then there was, at the time, there was an occupying force um, all around Corinne, the bad guys, and there was rumors going around that there was... Um, he, reptile human uh dragon type humans so they had merged someone some dark wizards had merged dragon eggs with humans and they created a humanoid uh dragon they called it draconian and so they were about as tall some were eight feet tall but usually they're about six feet regular height and they were draconian they were uh, dra dragon humans right and this was the main uh, army of uh, the kind of occupying force, the kind of so-called evil, the, the authority at the time, right? And these guys were going around harassing everybody, and there was kind of a war going on, right? And But the thing is with these guys, if you fought them and you hit them with your sword, they would turn into stone, right? So, and you would lose your weapon. They would, like, as soon as you hit them with your sword, uh, they would turn to stone and your weapon would get stuck in them. And then some, yeah, and, and they were, they were like, a, kind of immune to magic and some of them were magicians, some were fighters and they're allegedly great warriors and they had big claws and all this type of shit, right? But, um, so anyways, the, by accident or on purpose, I think Gold Moon, she healed somebody in the tavern. And the blue light went off and everybody saw the, in this tavern. And then they were worried that it would go out to the, the army, the soldiers, 
the information because everybody was kind of looking for the staff and they were looking for magic and they were trying to find the old gods of Corinth because apparently the old gods of Corinth had disappeared and they could no longer be found. So people were kind of lost and they didn't, they didn't even like the dragons were actually a myth at this time, right? They didn't even know dragons existed. But it was only in the future, or or no, they they said dragons existed existed far in the past, but somehow they disappeared, right? But then there was kind of mythology coming back, and then they saw these dragon uh, soldiers, humans walking around. So it's kind of like the the whole society was lost to magic and dragons, but now it was coming back, and magic was coming back, and the gods the gods were coming back and uh there was uh two main gods one was paladin and paladin was like a silver dragon but he caught he could also take the form of a human and then there was takesis and takesis was the dark evil uh woman uh black magic god but she also was a dragon and she could have like five heads, right? So these were the two the two basic gods, right? Paladin and Tachesis. Okay. So at the table before um the staff went off, there was also another guy in there. He was like a like a Gandalf type guy, like a goofy older mage with the with a beard and uh, a gray robes right and he was always goofy making jokes and and tasselhoff would always try and take his stuff and you know because tasselhoff's always with them so they're always on guard because tasselhoff is always trying to abscond with their um, prized possessions and whatnot right and he'll and if he's caught he'll just honestly think oh i saw this it fell down I'm keeping it in safe place for you, you know, no worries. And uh, then he would give it back and he would just bounce away and it would be a funny joke, right? Everybody would laugh. But then after the staff went on, they all they had to leave. They had to leave right away. So they go down, start uh, uh, going down the tree in the spiral staircase or there's a hidden back door or something, right? And then they... Uh, started leaving town and they were being followed right and then there was a, like a bunch of hobgoblins came after them but they they made it to this lake and they got got in these boats and they started paddling away but then the hobgoblins came and then uh Raceland, um he cast a spell he was on the boat he's sickly and he's it was difficult for him to keep up but he kept up and then cast a sleep spell on the hobgoblins and three or four of them uh, fell asleep right on the beach and they they had weapons and stuff but they just fell to the ground. And then people were always kind of uncertain about Raceland. They didn't trust them. They kind of didn't like them. And uh, they're always watching out for them. And there's another guy too uh, uh, named Stern. And Stern was a knight. He was a... There's a special... Uh, what kind of knight was he? There was a like a like a uh, a knight a knighthood, and he was part of the knighthood, and you had to have honor, and you'd have to live a certain way, otherwise you would be you know, banned from being a knight, right? So his whole life was about dignity, honor, 
and um, uh, protecting the lady and being a good person, all this. And he always, he had his armor on the, all the time and a sword, so he made up the whole team. So this is how the chronicle starts, right? And then there's three books, and they go on all these adventures, and uh, there's dragons, they meet dragons, and then they, uh, they're, they're, they're trying to bring word of the new gods coming, and that the magic has returned to the land, and they're trying to protect this lady with the healing, healing, uh, healing staff, right? Healing staff, golden. And it goes along, and then they have, you have battles with uh, the Draconians and stuff like that. And it's an amazing book series. And then they meet the elves, and they try and uh, ask them for favors. And then the elves turn them down, and then the elves live for like 700 years, you know. And then and then Tannis, because he's half-elf, he'll live longer than humans, so he's like... Uh, He's always in a conflict with himself, you know, he's like, he's not fully human, but he doesn't want to fall in love with him because he'll, like, live for a long time, right? And then there's conflict going on, and Flint is the dwarf, he's always grumpy, and Tasselhoff is always uh, pickpocketing people, but he's the thief, he's the classic thief, but he's a good thief, you know, he's a good person, right? Good character. But he'll open locks and he'll open doors and help get them out of stuff. And um, Raceland, he'll have to, he'll cast a spell, but then he'll have to rest after that because he gets so tired out, right? And then it goes, I don't want to you know, ruin the three books, but I'm just going to give you an overview. And, uh, and then slowly you start to find dragons and believe in dragons and uh, Takis has her armies and she has armies of ogres and uh, evil evil beings, right? That cho chose the dark, chose like a hobgoblin and uh, and it goes on. And then the next series of books after that is called the twins, right? And it's about Raceland and Carmen, right? Carmen, and that is actually even a better series, I think. Like you obviously need the Chronicle series, but this is an amazing series too because it goes through him his whole life as a magician, and, and then he chooses chooses the dark path, right? So becomes a black magician, and he becomes practices black magic and becomes like an evil character, right? But his brother still stays with him, and his brother is a good good person, right? But his brother has to protect him. But then he doesn't even care. He kind of looks down upon his brother as an idiot, right? But even though he's weak in his body, his brother is weak in his mind, but his brother has a strength in his body, right? And uh, then it goes through, he has to practice and study and... They go through all these adventures, and then he meets this priest, and this priest is a beautiful woman, and she's uh, she she practices the good, you know. She believes in like paladin, and she does. She's a good, uh, good character for uh, being a priest, her, you know. And then she kind of falls in love with him, and then he's evil, right? But 
she always trying to see the good in him and then he's he gets feelings for her but then he loves his magic and his power so much right it's kind of like dragging him down but then she kind of wants to bring him up she's trying to kind of rescue him from his evilness right and then he kind of looks down upon her morality and her good side and thinks she's stupid for being good and uh, he's always focused on power right so and then you find out that um who who is paladin the god right the god the good guy is actually ends up being um this goofy uh mage the gray robed mage from the first book right with the with the white beard you know he's just goofy but he's super powerful right He's a magician, and he's acting stupid all the time. He always acts like he forgets all his spells, and he's always dropping stuff and falling down and everything. But they find out later on that he's he's actually like a platinum dragon. He's a he's the god of one of the gods of the Corin uh, for the good paladin paladine. Sorry, paladine. And then Takisis is uh she has there's certain okay certain dragons are work for the dark side certain dragons work for the good side and then they have all different colors and they have all different powers right like i think a red dragon spit uh, fire and they have fire powers and they have magical spells so if you're an encounter counter a dragon you have to be very aware like there's it's very rare to see a dragon or encounter one even in the books and the games but and uh, they're so powerful that it's pretty much what they want to do that to you is the outcome right so but they're lazy they sleep a lot they keep to themselves and they hide underground and they gather treasure that's what the dragons do right they're all about treasure so if you're not interfering with them they're not going to bother you right all they care about is money and treasure and magic but if you encounter dragon, you have to be prepared because it could be doing magic spell on you. Um, okay, and the uh, dragons are telepathic too, so they read your mind. So if you see a dragon, he's going to know exactly what you're going to do just by reading your mind. So it's a very powerful enemy. And there's certain guys uh, called dragon lords and... They usually control armies of uh, orcs, and they control armies of uh, hobgoblins, and, and they they will ride a dragon, right? And but it's very difficult to find a dragon rider because most dragons will not respect a uh, human, will not respect anybody, right? But uh, they do respect Takesis, and they. It's rare, but sometimes you will find a dragon rider, and he will c command an army, and Tachesis has her dragon riders, and Paladine, he, he, and then there's good, good dragons too, like a silver dragon, uh, like a silver dragon might live in, uh, in the north, and then there's blue dragons, I think they live in the north too, but they shoot lightning out of their mouth. Right, the bl blue dragon will shoot lightning out of his mouth, and uh, some have acid. Some, I think, black dragon sprays acid. Some live underwater. Mostly, they want to be left alone, though. But 
And then the Twins trilogy, like, uh, there's a lot going on, and I don't remember a lot of the specifics, but uh, Raceland, he just keeps practicing magic, and it goes, he keeps having flashbacks of his time in the trials, right? Because a, a lot happened to him there, and he, in the trials, he had to fight other mages, and he had to, like, destroy them with spells, right? And some of them, you know, they injured him with the, their magic. And he always disrespected, like, all the other mages, pretty much. Even the older, more experienced, like, well, a lot of the older, even experienced mages, he would try and intimidate them and kind of think that he's a big shot, right? You know, he was very confident in his powers, but at the same time, he's weak. Um, but uh, then... Oh yeah, what happened was, okay, Raceland, he met this other magician, and this other guy was very powerful, I think this is how, his, this is how it went, uh, what was that guy's name, he was a black magician, and he was, yeah, he was one of the most powerful black magicians ever, but I think Raceland, what did he have to do, he had to go back in time or something to find him, like, and he acted dumb, and he used his magic to hide a lot of his powers, and then he tried to become an apprentice to this magician. Um, and he became an apprentice. Yeah, he went back in time. Um, using a spell to learn from the greatest black magician ever. And then he learned from him. And then once he got everything he could from that guy, then he destroyed him. He destroyed that guy. And then, and then he came back to his regular time, and then he became, like, the most powerful black mage in all of Karin, right? But at the same time, he was super weak as a, as a character. He was super weak. He had, like, low hit points, whatever you might say. Low constitution, right? And then, at, near the end of the book series, you know, there's a lot of conflict between him and this cleric, and she's uh, she's for the good side. She's a white robe cleric, and it's kind of love going back and forth, but at the same time, they're both involved in their craft, and she's involved in spreading uh, the, the the word of healing and stuff like this on Corinne, and he's just practicing black magic. He's going like crazy into the power and stuff like that. And then at the end of the books, he eventually wants to... He goes into a dimension. This sounds crazy, right? But he memorizes, learns all the spells, get as powerful as he can. Then he travels to a dimension where the gods are. Tachyasis and Paladin. He travels there, right? And it's kind of like an abyss. Uh, abyss, astral world, or whatever, you know. And then he fights. He, need, he fights Tachyasis. And I think he might even fight Paladine. He wants to be become a god. This is his goal, right? He wants to become so powerful that he can defeat Tachesis and defeat, defeat Paladine. And I think... And he brings... Yeah, he brings the, the priestess, uh, the woman, with him into this dimension. And he, he uses her to keep him alive as he's trying to 
take on the armies of Tachesis and defeat her. He wants to defeat her, the, the goddess of evil. So he brings, he uses this woman who loves him, and he brings her into this dimension, and they fight the battle. And he's wounded and scarred, and I think she goes down and perishes. Um, I don't remember exactly, but something happens to her. She tries to protect him and keep him alive as long as possible. And I think he does. I think I, I would have to review, man. But I think he beats. I think he beats the Tachesis. And then there's something at the end, and he comes to revelation. Like, why? Why did I do this, right? And. Uh, yeah, they they went back. He went back in time with his brother, and his brother was became a gladiator. Was captured. Caraman was out of shape, and he had a big belly, and he was captured. And then he was taken to be a gladiator, trained, and then he got his all his muscles and strength back because he had lost it. Right, he'd become like a drunken slob over the time period after the Chronicle series. He become a drunken slob. And he became depressed because he saw his brother being turned to evil, right? But then, uh, then he became a gladder, he became strong again. And then at the end, uh, Raceland uh, goes in dimension, tries to fight uh, these guys. But okay, let's take a minute here. Okay, um, I'm gonna play my songs at the end of the thing, just like I always do. So. Last time I played uh, my song from my buddy Ryan, uh, Infernal Mischief. You can check that out. He's probably got a song out there on uh, SoundCloud or whatever. That He's got the song, Me, I'm Better. And um, I'm going to have some of my songs at the end. And uh, I'm going to keep doing this podcast just because I need something to do. You know, I, myself, I love uh, electric skateboarding. That's what I do for fun. Um uh, summer's coming up. It's going to be beautiful. I'm living in BC. Um, got some vacation time, so I'm going to keep uh, making these podcasts and hope uh, people enjoy it and whatnot. Um, right now, I'm just my main purpose. I, I'd like to get my word out for my music. You know, it's uh, it's not always easy to get uh, promote your music and stuff like that. But I don't make money off this uh, podcast. I'm just doing it for fun. Uh, if somebody wanted to sponsor, I might consider. I might ask for donations, but I'm just going to ride it, build up the audience, and see how it goes. Uh, the reason I want to do a podcast because I love podcasts, and when I work, I listen to them all day. So I need eight hours of uh, podcasts to listen to uh, every day. And it's not always easy to find, and there's not many good podcasts out there. There's a lot of good podcast. There's a lot of podcasts. Okay, let me clarify. There's a lot of podcasts, but not many are good. You know, right now I like Alex Jones. I listen to Owen Benjamin. I listen to Tinfoil Hat. There's a good podcast called uh, Donnie Brasco, the real Donnie Brasco from Joseph Pistone. Uh, he was an FBI agent, and he infiltrated the the mafia that guy is fucking awesome and his podcast is awesome too and he you hear about real stories of the mafia he had to go like he was a good person uh, family everything he went undercover in the effing mafia in real life you know this ain't no fantasy thing so i recommend the 
Donny Brasco podcast. I'm kind of into some history podcasts, history of China, history of Egypt. Those are kind of cool too. Um, there was this uh, Chinese emperor, and this is kind of funny. It's off topic, but uh, he actually had his whole staff, his whole like ministers and all that. He made them all birds, right? So they were birds. So like the minister of defense would be like a parrot and the the minister of agriculture would be like a fucking pelican or something. (laughs) This is a real story to real life, right? And then there was his other emperor and then of China and his wife was a little bit out there. She was kind of crazy and stuff, but she wanted, she wanted a lake filled with wine, right? So the king the chinese uh, king he he had three he got three thousand slaves to make to dig up a lake and then fill it up with wine right and then after that was done then they just had like a big orgy and just all got pissed they just yeah it's pretty crazy man they just drank and had a big orgy in this lake uh, three um, giant lake made by three thousand slaves that's uh that was from a chinese uh, uh history podcast i listened to uh yeah and that's about it um maybe i'll wrap it up so uh dragonland series by margaret weiss weiss and tracy hickman uh you get these for your children um if they're around 12 or whatever it's a good awesome book series it'll they they might fall in love with reading because not many people read nowadays right but this series is awesome. If you going on summer vacation, just pick up the first book. It probably cost you six bucks. You can get it used at a a garage sale or something like that. And um, and obviously, and well, that's about it. All right, thank you. Uh, have a nice day. Bye. How does this mic thing work? Uh huh. Do I simply spit raps, fan them at them, spill out words and let them listen to them loud and clear and keep flaming on them? Big Tasty on stage, not trembling his emblem. It's resembling something bigger than a freaking gem stemming from lemons, and it sounds tremendous. You know I'm Big Tasty, never shaky. I like beats, you see. It's just me, KT Frost. Too much exhaust. Skip the beatbox. I just wrapped a freaking detox. Too cool, old school, jump in the pool, play it like a fool. KT Frost, and I'm here to rule. I'm gonna throw that hot chick in the pool, cause I'm never gonna play you like a fool. I'll beat you down way better than Ja Rule, cause you're not as cool as me. I'm KT Frosty, I'm doing this rap, and my rap's not free. I'm gonna be on the billboard charts katie's gonna play his part in life cause i got heart and appetite i swing the mic and i hit that dike too cool old school jump in the pool play it like a fool too cool old school jump in the pool play it like a fool